This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. I'm your host, Walker Wildman, and it's good to be with you today. A lot of, uh, a lot of news to talk about. Very busy week with the election uh, here and gone and really still going. <laughs> and uh, who knows when that's going to end. Probably going to be several weeks when we finally get a, uh, <clears throat> a clear winner because, you know, the the media wants to uh, go ahead and declare Joe Biden the winner, but there's a lot of questions to be answered, a lot of litigation to to process. So um, that's where we are today. I'll go ahead and give you a, a tally on the Electoral College as it stands today. There is um, a couple of states outstanding, and this is – Honestly, you've got multiple media outlets with different electoral college tallies. Some are declaring Arizona for for Joe Biden. Some are not because they're still counting votes there. They actually have a pretty good amount of votes left there. I say a pretty good amount, tens of thousands of votes to be counted in Arizona. And the gap between President Trump and Joe Biden is about 39,000 votes with, uh, I believe, over 100,000 votes to, to be counted. So um, <clears throat> the, the tally that I have is 264 to 214. I'm sorry, two, 253 to 214. Fox News has it at 264 to 214. I have it at 253 to 214. The states that are outstanding are... In, in, on my books are uh, Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Nevada. Uh, although it looks like uh, President Trump, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, President Trump will lose Nevada, but we'll see. They still have about 13% to turn in. And I, I would not be surprised if if this weekend uh, or early next week, the vast majority of the media outlets call the race for Joe Biden. It just really wouldn't surprise me because, look, Joe Biden is up in Pennsylvania now, although by uh, about 20,000 votes, and this is changing by the hour. Uh, Joe Biden is up in Arizona as we speak. He's up in Georgia, surprisingly, by about 1,000 votes, and there's still some military ballots to be counted there, so who knows where that will fall. And the Georgia Secretary of State has already said there's going to be a recount. So that's going to – that has to end by December 1st, the recount does. So between now and then, that recount will take place. 
But here, here's the 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 uh, conclusion, if if that's what you want to call it. This election was a mess, and I'm not talking about the campaigns. I'm talking about election night and what we're experiencing three days later. This election process is a joke. And I'll get in into that a little bit more later, but before I jump into why this is a complete train wreck for the country, I want to go over some irregularities, if you want to call them that, or some are calling it voter fraud, but I'm just going to call it irregularities until it's proven voter fraud. But look, the the the, the narrative out there is that well there's the there's just no example of voter fraud. There's no examples of voter fraud. Well, that's not really the case, and the vast majority of people who are saying that haven't even looked into it. There are some serious irregularities that need to be answered. And do I think that some of these irregularities are going to overturn some of these states in Donald Trump's favor? I don't know. Probably not, but we definitely won't know until we look into it. And see, that's the, that's the problem with, with what's going on in our country right now. There is, there is this, there's not almost, there is this acceptance, this wide acceptance that, that voter fraud has to exist, that voter fraud exists, this wide acceptance that voter fraud exists, and that's how it always will be. There will always be voter fraud. And I just don't know... Why Why a lot of people accept that? Like there always has to be voter fraud. And they say, well, it, it, it's got to be, it's got to be enough to overturn the result. If it's not enough fraud to overturn the result, then we really shouldn't even look into it. It's just a waste of time. That is a very cynical view of our election process. Because if you were the losing candidate, and there were severe irregularities, would you be saying, well, you know, if it's not enough for me to win, we shouldn't look into it. And the thing is, you don't know until you look into it. And so so, so to, so to dismiss these irregularities across the country, to dismiss them as irresponsible. At a minimum, we have a duty to get to the bottom of some of these shenanigans. And then when we get to the bottom of it and questions are answered, then we move on as a country. And whoever the winner is gets to be the next president. But some of these states and some of these precincts have some serious questions to answer. And I don't know what the big rush is. I don't know what the big rush is to name Joe Biden as president-elect. We have over 60 days until the inauguration. We have over 30 days before anything has to be uh, cast when it comes to the Electoral College. And so I'm urging uh, everyone to slow this thing down and let's count everything right and make sure that we don't have any irregularities or shenanigans going on before we move on and just accept 
uh, what's, uh, what the mainstream media is trying to declare. A couple examples that I want to give because, look, I hear it out there. People are saying, well, where, where's the fraud? Where are the irregularities? Let's see the proof. Show it to us. Let's see it now. And so I'm just going to go through a few examples. And look, from what I'm reading, there are there are dozens more examples than what I'm going to have time to go through. But I'm just going to cite a few of these news stories of irregularities and questions, and then I'm just going to leave it out there. And then it it is it is up to it is the responsibility of these precincts and these counties and these states to answer these questions. It's on them. The onus is on them to answer the questions that are coming forth when it comes to the election. Let's look at Michigan. One Michigan county had a soft, what they called a software glitch, where 6,000 votes went to the Democrats, went to Joe Biden, that were supposed to go to Donald Trump. And the county election commissioner came out and said, well, okay, we, we found the glitch and we fixed it. We found the glitch and they fixed it, so they reversed the error which is good for them. The only problem is 47 other counties in Michigan use the same software. So were there any data glitches in the software when it comes to tabulating the votes in Michigan? Well, I don't know. We should look into that and find out. Let's listen to clip four. This is the Michigan uh, Republican chairwoman who runs the Republican Party in Michigan uh, talking about this software glitch and the other counties that use the same software. Clip four, let's listen. If all this wasn't enough, in Antrim County, ballots were counted for Democrats that were meant for Republicans, causing a 6,000 vote swing against our candidates. The county clerk came forward and said, tabulating software glitched and caused a miscalculation of the votes. Since then, we have now discovered that 47 counties use this same software in the same capacity. Antrim County had to hand count all of the ballots, and these counties that use this software need to closely examine their results for similar discrepancies. The people of Michigan deserve a transparent and open process. Well, there you have it. Uh, Michigan, one Michigan county, it's confirmed. This is not Twitter theories. This is a confirmed news story that one Michigan county, the, the tabulating machine, had a software glitch and gave 6,000 votes to Joe Biden that were supposed to go to Donald Trump. 47 other counties in Michigan use the same software that had this glitch. So that should at a minimum be explored by the various counties and their election commissions who use the same software. Another example, still in Michigan, is we have documented cases where poll watchers 
registered poll watchers that are supposed to be allowed into uh, polling places where they're counting votes to observe. We have documented cases where they were illegally blocked out from observing the vote counting process. Not only in Detroit, Michigan, but we also have evidence that poll watchers were blocked out of watching the counting of votes in Philadelphia. And there's more and more of these stories coming out of where poll watchers were trying to get in to watch votes and watch the counting of votes, and the local Democrats were refusing to let them in. Another example. And this, this, folks, this is stuff that's just been uncovered in three days. This is rock-solid stuff that's been uncovered in three days. Who knows what's going to come out over the next few days. The Republican Party in Nevada uncovered at least 3,000 people who voted illegally. They were out-of-state residents who voted in Nevada illegally. And the Republican Party in Nevada says, quote, we expect that number to grow substantially. Thousands of individuals have, have been identified to, who appear to have violated the law by casting ballots after they moved from Nevada. That information has been sent over to the Department of Justice. And so anyone out there who's going, I just don't see any evidence of voter fraud. I just don't see any evidence of irregularities. It's because you're not looking. And once again, this information may not ultimately change the outcome of the election. I'm, I'm fine with that. If we look into this and some of it turns out to, number one, not be the full story or not be true or... Yeah, it changed some votes, maybe a couple hundred or a thousand, but it's, it doesn't ultimately change the outcome of the election. Okay, it is what it is. But dismissing this stuff is, is, is grossly irresponsible because our election, our voting process, should not be tampered with. It should not be untrusted or inaccurate. And this really brings to light the problem that, that our government has with doing something as simple as counting ballots. And here I'm not talking about Washington, D.C. or the federal government. I'm talking about state. I'm talking about states and state-run government. And how the leadership in these various states are so inept that they can't even count paper ballots. This is like stuff that's been going on for like 200 years. Counting paper ballots to see who won. And we're going on four days after an election and some of these states, they're still counting ballots. We are in the era 
of driverless cars, artificial intelligence, robots that can clean your house, and we can't count ballots? And some say, well, you know, it's just a historic election. I mean, we have huge voter turnout, and that's what's slowing everything down. Well, that's true. We do have historic voter turnout, which is a good thing for the country. But these these states and municipalities had trouble before this, counting votes. And we knew that this whole mail-in voting thing was going to cause way more votes to come in. And so I'm just saying these states should have been prepared. And it's not a universal problem. You look at Florida. Florida had over 10 million ballots cast. And they had their results on the same night. On election night, Florida had their votes finalized. They had their they had everything reported just a couple hours after the polls closed. You look over at Texas. Texas also, they had over 11 million ballots cast on election day. Guess what? They've they've nearly reported everything. There's no outstanding questions in Texas, and you can apply that to various other states, mainly Republican-led states across the country. Ohio. We had Ohio's results run by a Republican governor. We had Ohio's results on election night, a couple hours after the polls closed. But the, 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 the slow walking of the ballot counting seems to be happening in mostly blue states with the exception of Georgia. I don't know what their deal is. But some of the counties in Georgia that are taking so long to count their ballots are, guess what, Democrat-run counties, such as around Atlanta. But the conclusion here, no matter what happens over the next few weeks, no matter who wins the presidency, we have a serious issue at hand as a country moving forward. As a country, we've allowed these various states to to open the door to this massive mail-in voting scheme with no infrastructure, no process in place to count the ballots and to verify their validity. We have opened the door to massive fraud because we have people voting that we can't verify who they are. And that is a problem. And that's why many people have been requesting and demanding voter ID for a decade now. And some states have it. My home state, Mississippi, has voter ID, which is a good thing. I carry my driver's license in. They scan my driver's license, and then they hand me a ballot. That makes sense. 
But many of these Democrat-run states have no voter IDs. So the challenge moving forward between now and 2024 is going to be getting measures in place across the country where we can verify and and validate these mail-in votes. Because right now, we don't have that in place. And when I say we, I'm talking about many of these states that open the door for hundreds of thousands of people to vote by mail with no valid absentee excuse. And Mark Levin had a very good point this week, airing, uh, letting his frustrations be known. And I share these. But his frustration is how we've let election day become election month. We've turned November 3rd, or the first Tuesday in November, to election week, election month. And this might even turn out being election quarter. Three months long. The Constitution and federal law clearly lays out that Election Day is the first Tuesday in November. Which you would, a a logical person would draw from that, that if Election Day, Election Day is the first Tuesday in November, then after The first Tuesday in November, we are no longer having an election. We are no longer turning in ballots. But instead, various state legislatures and even state government leaders without the approval of the legislature have turned these states into election week, election month which is a huge problem because what they're going to do is they're going to keep stretching the election like it's elastic. They're going to keep stretching it to where eventually our country is going to have election week. And we're just going to turn November into election month. You can vote all month long. Just come on down to the polling place. You know what? Don't even come on down. We'll send you a ballot. And in my opinion, what that does is That allows Democrats to continue harvesting ballots until they win. And so I would urge states across the country to be very, very strict about that. Election day is election day. We're not taking in ballots after election day, period. And if the voter didn't get their ballot in on time, well, tough luck. That's on the voter. Because if I don't bring my voter ID to the ballot box, then I don't get to vote. And that's on me. And so we need to not have election week or election month. We need to have election day so our country can know clearly who our next president is that night or the day after at the latest. Counting ballots for a week, two weeks, three weeks after an election is absurd. We could put a kindergarten class together to count ballots faster than some of these state governments are doing it.
They've got hundreds of volunteers, hundreds of poll workers that they could bring in from other precincts to expedite the vote counting process, but they're not doing it. And it's frustrating, and it's making our country be in limbo for potentially weeks, if not months. I want to. I want you to listen to clip two. This is Ken Starr, former uh, uh, attorney uh, f- under the Clinton. He investigated Bill Clinton and uh, and his lies under oath there. Let's listen to Ken Starr talking about the potential for voter fraud. Clip two. Let's listen. I want to make a comment about Philadelphia, unless you want to go there separately. But here's a key point. Philadelphia does indeed have, sad to say, a very, very sorry history of voter fraud. Simply look it up. Voter fraud convictions in Philadelphia over a century. We're not talking about rhetoric now. We're talking about facts. And the facts are that as recently as this year, there's been a conviction in Philadelphia for voter fraud. The former state Senate majority leader went to jail for voter fraud in Philadelphia. So anytime a voter fraud, whether it's Nevada or uh, Philadelphia or wherever, is made, it should be taken very seriously and not dismissed. This may be viewed as the election, where the ultimate results are called into question because may, because of the lack of integrity or the Mm -hmm. appearance of the lack of integrity in the process. Well, there you have it, Ken Starr admitting that Philadelphia has a history of voter fraud. I want to play one more clip. This is clip one, Liz Peake, a columnist, talking about the pollsters and how they intentionally got the election wrong. Clip one, let's listen. Uh, I think the they didn't just get it wrong. I think it was purposeful and it was very consequential. Uh, the liberal media basically downplayed President Trump's chances in this election from day one. By, among other things, not covering Joe Biden's many mental lapses, not covering the Hunter Biden story, various things uh, that could damage his standing in the polls, but also by propagating these polls, which turned out to be totally wrong. And I don't think it was accidental. Uh, And what are the consequences of that? Trump supporters got discouraged. I suspect it suppressed turnout at the polls, which I think was their intention. And boy, did it change the money race. In the beginning, the Trump campaign was way ahead on raising uh, campaign funds. And in the last two months, all of a sudden, Joe Biden began to haul in unprecedented amounts of money because people thought he was going to win. It's just that simple. Well, there you have it, Liz Peake. The pollsters intentionally misled us. They intentionally got it wrong. Why? To push propaganda and a narrative. We can no longer, and I said this before the election, we can no longer trust the pollsters. They're being paid for a certain outcome. Only the internal polling for campaigns actually gets it right because they're seeking the truth. No more trusting pollsters. We're done. As Frank Luntz said, the polling industry is dead. Exposing Washington, American Family Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.